This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Does their obsessiveness make Talenti, Gelato, and Sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest, and they're also the judge. Talenti, the delicious is in the details. I love this stuff. Thanks, Talenti. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. It's Ray, and you're listening to a bonus episode of 100 Words or Less. This I just wanted to get out because uh, I thought it was a really interesting conversation that I had with my friends on their podcast called Bad Christian, uh, Matt and Toby from the band Emery. Uh, they do the show and they do it twice a week. It's a real deal operation. So if you like this, not saying that, you know, this isn't a real deal operation because I don't do it twice a week, but you get what I'm saying. Um, anyways, this was a discussion that I had with them about a week or so ago on their show and um, not only did I have a really, really good time, but I just think, it, I mean, this is something that I've never really heard other people talk about. Um, basically, the juxtaposition of uh, straight edge and religion and like my own personal experience with both of those things. And um, yeah, I just I, I found it really engaging and I got a lot of good feedback on that. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's chop this bad boy up and uh, toss it out on uh, on my podcast feed. And that way, if you are interested in that, the, that subject matter you will be able to check it out. So, um, yeah, that's all I really got. Next week's episode will be fun. But, uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. And here's this uh, bonus chat with the Bad Christian guys about straight edge and religion. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ray, so you've been a podcast for a long time, longer than us. One of the first podcasts I did as a guest when I got into podcasting was you. You must be one of the first person that noticed my talent and asked me to come on your show. It must have been. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I identified the fact that you, your, your dulcet Southern tones would, uh, would just, would just pipe through and my audiences would go, uh, my audience would just, you know, go bananas over it. So I know a lot of our audience knows your podcast anyways, called a hundred words or less, but you started doing it when a long time ago, you're one of the older podcasters I know both in cardinal age and time spent in the medium. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I did because I, I got into it, uh, podcasting in general, not my show, but just podcasts in general in like the mid 2000s, like just via my obsession with technology. And then when I came around to the idea, it was like 2009 or so is when I just decided to throw something together with two of my friends. And then, um, I realized that working with friends is terrible, as you guys can probably attest to. Um, but and then I <laughs> just, uh, as far as the schedules are concerned, because it basically, it just, I, I did this iteration of my show called first world problems and then it was just uh it was a nightmare because it would be like all right this dude's coming over and like we need to record and then one person will bail out then i'm like cool i gotta tell this person who like carved time out of their day that they couldn't do this and so yeah it was a it was kind of a nightmare so then finally it was just like all right i'm gonna do it on my own and that you know 100 words or less has been existing now since 2000 yeah 12 i want to say 2011 so it's like five five or so years yeah that's a long time do you how many episodes do you have do you know what's the number you're on 270 something Excellent. yeah 270 yeah excellent um so 
You're an early adopter of stuff like that, technology, but you also are a band dude and a straight edge dude, and that's what I would like to talk about a little bit today. Uh, I don't know if you. Yeah, I want to grill. I want to grill you. No pun, yeah. pun intended. Yes, yes. please. That's, that's what. Grill you like for, a Boca friend. burger? He means right. <laughs> not like a not like a pork shoulder. Um, okay, so but you let's let's get your full history here. You were in a band called Taken, and that was way back too. So even on screaming and singing and hardcore music and punk and indie indie and underground DIY, all that you were an early adopter too. So tell me about when you got into those things. At what what year and what age you were? Southern California yeah, so I, too, by the way. That's how everybody yeah. gets into everything. They live in Southern California. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the the cultural hub that is Southern California and all the uh, you know skate punk and everything that existed. So yeah, I mean, it, it was. I think I was about fourteen or so is when I first started to get independent music um, via the same ways that a lot of other people do from you know Epitaph Records and Fat Records and stuff like that. Um, and then Descendants was a huge band for me. Uh, but then it, I started uh, a different version of Taken, but essentially my first band, which was called Doom Society, which I always love people's first band mm-hmm. names because they tell so much of what the band sounds like. And so you could probably close your eyes and imagine what Doom Society sound like. Um, so that that was probably 97-ish or so. Um, and then Taken started playing in about 98. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things, as in most people that have a similar background as me, where, you know, just a, a total middle-class white dude uh, living in the suburbs, and then all of a sudden this angry music started to you know occur, and I was like, I li- I, I like this. I can't put my finger on really why I like this, but it uh, basically it offered up another point of view because prior to that, it was one of those things where you know throughout most of our lives we have one set of either beliefs or viewpoints, and then all of a sudden once another person introduces something different, mm-hmm. it's like, oh. Oh, so everything isn't cool? Like we're everybody isn't like, you know, uh just this this happy, you know, middle class existence and like there are other perspectives in the world and I think that's what really uh got me and then got me involved not only f- tickling my fancy as far as a musical perspective but then also um from the political philosophical perspective where I was like, okay, this is different than all the music that's on the radio, mm-hmm. not only sonically but then philosophically as well where it's like oh man this is hard stuff yeah so straight edge uh straight edge itself is something that we didn't grow i mean you may have known what that was in high school or stuff like that but i don't think we ever ran into it till i kind of remember joey do you remember first time we ran into straight edge stuff or did you have a i remember when it was for me i was with you but did you have a grip on straight edge stuff growing up i did i did later on in high school for sure just because of the music that my brother and I listened to, the punk scene and all that. Was it you did it, were there straight edge bands you knew and liked what way back when you were doing music in high school and stuff like that? Or did, what was your opinion of straight edge? Like what was your for Joe? I mean, ob- if you obviously what it was, as obviously you? as a Christian, I thought it was super cool, especially when it involved people that didn't believe in God. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. You don't even believe in God and you do all this stuff. Well, wait, know? hang on a second. Uh, but here, here's what's funny is... Well, I got to stop point, you on that, though. But that, I'll, I'll let you finish. But that's that's kind of... Why would that be? Because that sounds crazy. Just, like, just what you're saying is I, you don't care whether or not they believe in God. You're just happy other people don't like drinking and smoking and cussing 
<laughs> right? Like that no, proves. I, I, I just, yeah, the I just had such a, Christianity. Exactly. I just had a, a such a right or wrong mentality. I was mm-hmm. like, man, they're they're kind of with me, sort of thing. And and I probably deep down inside thought, oh, they're just one step away from surrendering everything to God. You know? Yeah, That's like they're, they're close. <laughs> they're close already. Yeah, right? I mean they've already <laughs> done the hard work. They've done the hard work. Now all they yeah. have to do is just confess with their mouths, and then they are good to freaking wow. go, man. It's the, it's the clarity of mind that we obtain by not, you know, consuming these products that therefore, like you said, you're one step away from being like, oh man, I've dropped all the burdens of the world and now I got now I got the big man in my sights. There, yeah, there was actually was a point in my life when about- I thought there was actually a point in my life where I actually thought that straight edgers did not say any cuss words either. Yeah, or caffeine. Uh, that, that's what I was. Well, that's what I was going to say. I never. I mean, surprise, surprise. In like the eighties and nineties, straight edge in Greer, South Carolina, wasn't a huge thing. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't. And so, anytime I ever heard of anything like it, I didn't know. And there, it felt like. And Ray, I don't know if you can clear this up or not. It seems like there's all kinds of different uh, groups or strands of it or something like that. Like some people, like I heard some people, they don't have, they didn't have sex e- either, or then some did, and it, it almost sounded a little bit like a religion outside of Christianity to me. I don't I, was it only was it's like most straight edge, no drugs and no meat, or is there just tons of different they- kinds? Yeah. So the simple to distill it down in simplest of terms. Straight edge, you know, from the, you know, uh, the, the mountaintops of uh, Minor Threat and Ian Mackay, you know, that was basically just like no smoking, no drinking, um, you know, no drugs. Like those were the kind of core tenets in which the straight edge philosophy was was born. And that was born out of the fact that, you know, the nihilism of the punk scene in the early 80s. Uh, you know, that's why Minor Threat and all these bands that started to, you know, coin the term straight edge and like apply it to their lives. That's why they did it because they just saw all these people yeah. like who are total burnouts, you know. But then as the movement and the philosophical, you know, uh, underpinnings of it started to grow, that's where you started to see all the game of telephone being played where it's just like, oh yeah, you know, this person, uh, this person's straight edge, but they smoke cigars. Like I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, I swear, this, this, this band, uh, you know, who is very notorious within the hardcore community called One Life Crew. They put out a, a record on Victory Records. Um, you know, very right wing. Um, you know, actually, they would probably uh, play a show based around Trump at this point <laughs> if they were to exist <laughs> now. But I- I- in any event, I just heard about something called Cigar Edge, where it was like <laughs> these dudes, <laughs> these dudes claimed straight edge, except they smoke cigars in their local cigar shop. And like, you know, my seventeen-year-old brain, I was like, "What the hell are they talking about? It makes no sense." But um, so that's anyways, breaking your, edge from from your view. That would be edge broken. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, from uh, from yeah. my sort of, but and the, to, to your point in regards to you know like not eating meat and all that stuff. Basically, as all those other philosophies from like vegetarianism and veganism started to get like layered on on top of it, that's where uh, the common conception of like, oh, you're straight edge, so you must be vegan. And it's like, well, no, there's a lot of people who are who are one or the other, you know. And so, uh, but yeah, it just gets confusing as it goes along. It's really funny thinking back too, though, like all those uh, hardcore straight edge bands, their green rooms had to be just the most boring work. Know, like there's no funny. drinking. Or, uh, oh, uh, you're reading the, another Ayn Rand book. Cool. <laughs> I mean, like well, how boring was their green well, room? I, like, <laughs> I, use, I, I would use the term green room very lightly because during that time, you know, no, ba- I mean, right. the largest bands in that era were like, you know, whatever, Earth Crisis and Strife. And yeah, they were big, but it's not like they were even too 
touring on the levels that frankly that you guys toured at where it was like you know you're playing the house of blues venues like all those things didn't really you know exist but so they didn't really have green rooms they just hung out and you know did stupid shit like you know shoot paintballs at each other yeah but it kind of changed over time so by the time i found out the first time i ever saw straight edge or knew what it was was when we played at that vfw hall in charleston by the way toby and joey and we played with a band called john it was called John Revolta. John Revolta yeah, yeah, yeah. was the band's name, which I thought was a cool name. It was like John Gosh, Travolta. But, so cool. um, and I was like, what? You mean you're, I, I just couldn't understand what it was or what are the rules? You know, I was just trying to go through that whole thing with it. But then later on, the next time I had any, re, we had any real exposure with it would be, you know, SoCal, Orange County kind of crew. And when we toured with 18 Vision, some of them were straight edge, at least at the time, and some not. And then we got hooked up. So we had a tour manager that was from, Huntington Beach that said he was straight edge and or was straight edge I suppose but there's this other version of it that was prevalent in the touring scene when bands were doing well and popular and stuff like that and this is what I would make of it and this is from very outside point of view but it was people they were super you know their language was not clean and they were extremely Okay, so they didn't drink or do fun stuff, or you know, in those ways that you're saying the green rooms might not have been fun. But here's fun stuff. But, yeah, but, but, but I, I take I take offense okay, to that, Matt. Fair I will enough. Fight you. I'm sorry. I won't say fun stuff. Cool stuff. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're done. So they weren't. They didn't. They didn't do the things that I think are cool or fun. But they it, just like anything when you repress something, it has to have this other edge. So there was a lot of violence, a ton of sex, and then their language was was dirty. But that didn't. Not that that mattered much. But I always saw a really high output in a lot of this straight edge crew where they were very sexually active or aggressive uh, and and also very prone to violence and beating people's asses. And then you say on the other side of the country in the Northeast when they'd have the FSU, which, you know, crews and, and stuff like that, that always seemed to be yeah. tied to straight edge where these people will beat your ass and then they were always, you know, sexually they were doing things that were disturbing. That, well, that yeah, that that basically the you know kind of the the quote unquote hardline movement mm-hmm. started to happen in the mid '90s, and that those are the people that you're talking about, where it's like you know in the same way that like you know direct action and protesting, like that sort of stuff, started to be more prevalent, where people were forcing their views upon others, and um, yeah, I, and and then you know once it came to you know rise to prominence in regards to what you're talking about, as far as you know, bands becoming successful within the genre and then, uh, you know, just basically being debaucherous mm-hmm. with, you know, females or whatever yeah. sexual partners they were looking for. You know, I think that was just basically unbridled, um, you know, ego where mm-hmm. these, these people who were at some level of stature were taking advantage of, you know, and frankly it did, that didn't, that wasn't, um, directly attached to the straight edge scene. That was just basically all of a sudden young 17 to 20 year olds getting in front of people yeah. and then all of a sudden having girls like them. And they're just like, right. Oh wow, I, I guess I'll take advantage of this. But to your right. point, that wasn't, um, you know, straight edge was definitely not an exception to the rule uh, from that perspective. Yeah. Well, Great, I mean, like, Joey, go ahead. I was just going to ask how, Im- how important is it for straight edge people for other people to know that they're straight edge people? How important is it for straight edge? Um, I think at one point it was definitely, 
you just had a common understanding, you know, like when you met another person and they were, you know, they are straight edge. It was just like, oh, cool. Like we, we will probably have similar interests. Like we will be able to hang out right away. Um, and sort of the self-identifying nature of whether it's, you know, you're literally wearing X's to the shows you're attending or straight edge merch or whatever. Um, you know, I think that's definitely sort of the youthful exuberance side of things where, you know, yeah. once you, the first couple of years you're into it, you're wearing all this straight edge merch and <laughs> have all this stuff happening. But, you know, as, as one girl's older, they understand that that's just kind of a part of who they are, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, that's definitely important when you first start to get into it. Yeah. Cause so people, I, I mean, grow, cause do people making... grow out of it. Like the, the day, like, I mean, it seems like a lot of people I knew 10 years ago were straight edge. And then as they get older, they, they really love craft beer and become oh. the man. <laughs> let's you cover see that. that. A lot? Let's cover that. But yeah. at this point, let's go ahead and tie this because we're obviously in the territory of saying there's obviously a lot of parallels between Christianity and evangelicalism and identity. And so well, let's that's, get that's to that wanted... after we explore Joey's, but are to Joey's point are straight was there a straight edge movement how did it a view others like look down upon them in the way Christianity does and then how evangel evangelistic was the nature of it like what from ends from your point of view inside did you want to convert others and did you look down on others yeah uh so I'll I'm coming at it from the angle where I I, I am I am, well, I guess I would be a typical person in regards to, like, I guess the makeup of my demographic, but my, my personal philosophy in regards to straight edge, um, was very much like, I felt like in my life, this was given to me as a tool by God. It because, and I'll, I'll explain it further by saying that. Um, so I went to private Christian and Lutheran high schools my entire life. And it wasn't until high schools when I first started to adopt, you know, straight edge. And like, it just, it defined me already because I didn't, wasn't into partying or anything like that. But I'll, I'll never forget. It was like my freshman year of high school. Um, and I, this, I, I can't, I can't even believe they did this, but this was, they thought this was a good idea. So they would have, uh, two seniors, uh, in, in, because we took obviously theology classes. So two seniors would quote unquote witness to a freshman. So, you know, kind of give them some pointers about how high school is and all that sort of stuff. So on the surface sounds okay, but I got thrown in with two dudes who were just like, you know, hard partying guys like, Oh man, I was totally fucking this girl on the, uh, the pool table over the weekend. And like, they were sharing these stories with me Gosh. and I was just like, what? Like, I, I mean, gr- I wasn't naive, but at the same time, I was like, yo, I'm going to like a Lutheran high school. Like maybe I can expect this like a regular quote unquote regular public high school. Yeah. But it just, it just blew my mind. And so it pushed me even further towards this idea that I needed to differentiate myself even more than just calling myself Christian Lutheran, whatever it was I was calling myself at the time and still do. I needed to have an additional layer of sort of classification (laughs) and protection in order to push myself away from these people because it would be like, yeah, whatever they go out, you know, do all these debaucherous things on a Saturday night and then show up to church on Sunday. And I was like, dude, this doesn't align with my own personal headspace. But anyways, that I just I had to kind of load that out there because I my experience, it really because a lot of people would come at me and be like, dude, if you self-identify as Christian, why are you even straight edge? Like that doesn't make any sense. Straight edge is of this world and totally, uh, you know, corrupt and has all these all these negative things that you each one of you guys brought up. 
but like I said, for me, it was a very, I use this as a tool rather than like the center, you know, I don't worship straight edge, you know, I don't go to straight edge, uh, worship services or anything. And so that's kind of the, the differentiation I saw, but as far as the forcefulness and evangelization, um, I didn't, I didn't notice that people were sort of evangelistic in getting other people to like do you know like oh you should be straight edge but there definitely was the notion of like when you were straight edge you obviously had a different um crew of people that you rolled with so we would do you know basically just sort of like stupid you know childish vandalistic stuff vandalistic isn't even a word but you know vandalism (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you know we would get into things where it'd be like oh yeah we're gonna go to disneyland and you know try to like make out with girls at the haunted mansion and then like you know try to clog the toilets at disneyland and so it's like you would be explaining this to people and they would be like (laughs) oh so like i'm just going to go over to drink at a friend's house and you know we would come up with these like Mm -hmm. really you know intricate plans of like all right we're gonna go cliff diving at midnight in laguna beach and like you know all this stuff that we had the time to kind of do so i think that was the only sort of evangelistic thing where people got drawn to the sort of weird activities that we were into um and not you know the uh, the the quote-unquote fun police that you're placing on us matt yeah well Um, no it's a combination of those things but they're weird but it was there is there is it an elitism to it though where you you think the other people are other because that's part of the problem with the sexual ethic that really disturbed me it seems like it was like this predatory thing like it's like oh these stupid drunk girls we don't like people that drink and we'll just take advantage super take advantage of them and, and laugh all the way to the bank like it's, it's a function of of elitism in some in some sense as, as something yeah like are, are, you, are you comfortable with saying everybody else is wrong who's not straight edge like is this is it to each his own or would you say no you, you probably should be straight edge I, I still like you if you're not but you should be but but ray and we'll get to this too but ray's not your normal ray is not the, any of these people i'm describing whatsoever right, right? oh yeah and we'll get there's more reasons why that is but i'm asking in the tone of the orange county and the punk and the straight edge scene it is it judgmental us and them type of thing what does that feel like from the inside is what i'm asking I feel it's less judgmental and more sort of sectioning themselves off. You know, it's one of those things where your common experience of high school, college or whatever, I'm just not taking a part of that. And yes, through that, there is sort of, you know, a level of superiority or, you know, that mentality. And I know that obviously people really, uh, you know, adopted that once, you know, the violence started to happen and like, you know, trying to, you know, make example of a person who's, you know, Mm -hmm. partying too hard or whatever. Um, but there was definitely more of just like, Hey, the common track of your typical high school experience. Um, I'm not, I'm not a part of that. You know, I've completely stepped out of it and I have my own community to, you know, grow in, um, you know, positive and negative. Um, so I do think, I think it's, it, and granted, yes, like I said, some of that is a byproduct of the, you know, judginess and being judgmental. Uh, but I think overall, it's just kind of like basically zigging while everyone else is zagging, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What are some of the good things about straight edge? Like, is it mainly like you feel like your mind's clear or you're able to see that? Like, is it, is it a protest in a way? Yeah. I, well, f- uh, for me specifically, it definitely is a protest where it's just like, you know, uh, not, uh, not, you know, you vote with your money and these companies that, you know, are, are making millions and millions of dollars, whether it's, you know, tobacco, you know, alcohol, all these things that, you know, just don't care about me as a human being. They just, you know, want to sell me these products and sell me this, this lifestyle. Um, you know, I abstain. 
And so, uh, you know, that's a positive thing where it's like you and the, another positive notion is the fact that you are taking, you know, ownership over your life in regards to there's literally no crutch that I could ever lean on in making bad decisions. You know, it's not like I'm like, Oh dude, I was so wasted. Yeah. Yeah. I was so wasted the other night. It's like, well, I like, I really made a terrible decision. I should have done that more correctly. Um, so I think those two things are really positive and, you know, as in with any community that arises from a philosophy, just that, that, uh, you know, bond that you feel with people where it's like, oh man, like we're, we're doing this together. We're on the same page. That community is really, um, positive. And this, I know this is kind of symptomatic in regards to independent music in general, but sort of the self-starter do it yourself is kind of exemplified in straight edge as well, as far as just like, I'm a positive person. And like, you know, all this sort of cliched notions of what straight edge was in the, the eighties with bands like youth today and being like, you know, clean cut and PMA positive mental attitude, that sort of stuff. So even though those are cliches in a way, I think that is a really positive way to live your life, regardless of if you're straight edge or not. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to be walling around in the negative pool for years and years at a time. So I think those were all really positive things that I noticed and I've adopted in my life. Well, let's talk about the other bad Christian parallel that Toby was hitting at a little bit before. And Toby, you can take this question if you want there, but it was uh, along the lines of what I'm going to call, you know, uh, deconstruction and people leaving, um, breaking edge. Yep. Well, I, I, <laughs> and how I, I, common I, that I, may be. Before we dive into that, I'll tell you an anecdotal story that I think will you know lead well into this. So, um, you know, I went to like I mentioned, I went to a Lutheran high school. We had a student population of maybe like I don't know six hundred or something like that. So it wasn't a very large high school, but it was large enough to where you know we, it wasn't like we were going to class with like five other people. So by this time, it was like I was a senior. You know, I was I had already. <laughs> proudly proclaim that I am straight edge, you know, Uh, like I would be (laughs) so ridiculous, but my mentality in regards to straight edge is like, you know, usually if you were straight edge, you would go to a show and you would X up both hands, you know, that's just kind of like your show, your quote unquote show attire. So my logic was like, okay, that is like the show version of straight edge, but on my day to day life, I'm just going to X up one hand. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll show up to school with an X on one of my hands because that's a less formal straight edge. Mm-hmm. And so like my sophomore year of high school, it's like, I'm, I think most of the year I just showed up to school with one, one X and I, it's like, what the hell was I picking? But anyways, <laughs> that just should, I, I, I like to call that kid logic, but <laughs> So anyways, by this time, the whole school clearly knows what I'm into, music, straight edge, everything like that. So, and by that time, this, like I graduated high school in 99 and like we were mentioning before, the sort of violent aspects of straight edge started to really pop up, like getting featured on, you know, mainstream news programs and like, you know, doing local news pieces on like, you know, the straight edge cruise around or whatever. So that started to become more prevalent. So, uh, you know, uh, focus on the family magazine was obviously a thing at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, Doc, was James, James Dobson, Dobson wasn't yeah. yeah yeah so I remember walking by at my school office one day and seeing an article about Straight Edge taped up on the window that was publicly facing and it was about I, I so distinctly remember it says being bad to do good and so it was this article I mean it's just a short you know whatever. 300 word article about straight edge like you know in theory this sounds cool but oh my gosh these people are so violent and they're just doing horrible things and so i looked at that and i was like why the hell are they i'm the only straight edge person in this school why are they putting this i felt so attacked by them i like i went into the principal and i was like listen 
you like you may be doing this as a public service i am the only person here i felt straight up attacked and i was like you know what this is not the way that you get people to you know oh like i'm gonna stop being straight edge and i'm going to be a christian like i was like this is so antithetical of the way that i viewed this entire school and so that really bummed me out but to your point or what you're going to lead into where it's like that was such a a real hard line that people, you know, Christians, Lutherans, whatever, were placing, uh, you know, upon me and other people that started to, you know, identify in the Christian music scene as, you know, straight edge. Like it just, that never really happened. Like you never were Christian straight edge. You were either one or the other. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting. Well, you know, w- the most common thing out there is for in the, ba- in the band world, there's been a million straight edge bands, but there's just as many or more. I want your answer on if, which of those two it is that the guys are, that are the most fun to hang out and party with and drink and everything else. They all still have their exes from when they used to be straight edge. So it's Absolutely. called breaking edge and it's, it's really common. So how, how common oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, it's very, I mean the, the, there was a, they have X uh, tattoos uh, all over them, but it doesn't matter. You know, that's, that's the, the stereotype <laughs> there. Well, totally. I mean, you look at, you can run through almost all of the, uh, you know, bands that were popular in the movement, whether it's late Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s, mid 90s. And like, you can really only point, I mean, Earth Crisis, they're still all straight edge and they're still all vegan. Like they mean what they say. Um, You know, bands like Strife, it's like there are no members of that band that are still straight edge. And so there, that is totally (laughs) what happens in most cases where... I would say so. Cause I mean, it's like, so I'm 36 years old and like, I can, you know, uh, think of, you know, my close group of friends and it's like, there's probably, I mean, just because I've existed in the community for a while, you know, there's probably 20 or 30 people I can think of that are in Southern California that are of my age and, you know, quote unquote class of uh, hardcore kids that are still straight edge, but a lot of them just drop off. And I think a lot of it has to do, I mean, there was a band called good clean fun who had a song that just talked about being true to your 21, you know, where it's like, Oh, the first opportunity to drink comes along and then I will not, not be straight edge anymore. It's like a rite of passage for some people, you know, they do that until they're, you know, it's just like, Oh, of course I was straight edge when I was 19 and in a band or (laughs) something, but that's just, that was just cute. And it's funny that I have these tattoos now. It's kind of the attitude. A lot of people take, you know, but, but the, the parallel there that is interesting, is when you're young, just like youth group, you know, at church and stuff like that, you are, there's something about the discipline and the fire of it that really captures you, right? And then as you get older, do you just, do you just feel a little weaker or more relaxed or more comfortable? Like, I mean, like, like Ray, for you, you just aren't going to drink no matter what, right? Just because it's just not for you or whatever. But I mean, is there anything that like, uh, even outside of straight edge that you like laxed on and, and feel more comfortable and do like, cause that's the way I think of it is Christianity too. Like I feel like when I was young, I, I thought anybody that wasn't a Christian is definitely going to hell. It was my responsibility to share the gospel. Uh, you know, uh, anybody in, uh, in a blue state was real bad per all these things that were taught to me growing up in Southern, in the South. And then as I got, as I've gotten older, my view of God has really changed. And so there are some things that are more lax now. Like I don't think of alcohol as a sin. <laughs> you know, I used to think it was a sin or whatever. <laughs> I, right. I, I'm, I'm pro legalizing marijuana, which I, I promise you when I was a, you know, teenager, 20 years old, I would have thought though, anybody that smokes marijuana. Well, no, not at that time because I actually was smoking marijuana then. But after that, uh, right. I, I, you know, I got pretty hardcore conservative. Do you think it's like, like, does it bother you that, that people leave straight edge? Like, do you see some things in it that aren't that bad or? 
I, I think the the only thing that concerns me when people uh, well two two things that I quote unquote have a problem with when people you know stop being straight edge um, one is the fact that you know usually uh, people you know haven't done like usually people's entry point is when they're younger so they haven't you know done hard drugs they haven't hard you know gone the opposite end of the spectrum in regards to hard alcohol and stuff like that you right. know maybe they've tried a beer or whatever but you know the pendulum swings the other direction where it's like all of a sudden this person who you know six months from not being straight edge is you know in the gutter with needles in their arm and like granted that's hyperbole but the 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 notion that people swing so far in the opposite direction and end up you know a shell of themselves where it's like dude i like i understand you may not want to do this anymore and that's totally fine because you know a lot straight edge is a youth-based movement and i don't expect people to be you know i'm an adult i don't need to call myself straight edge anymore Mm -hmm. but like but i but i do um but I think it's one of those things where that's that that concerns me when a person goes you know that direction where it's like oh and I know anybody would be concerned right. about that um, and then the second thing is when people stop being straight edge and then they look at that as a sort of like token thing that they were into it's like oh it's cute I, you know I was like I was into emo for a couple of years but you know that shit's whack or what, you know it's like right. you yeah yeah and i just feel it's like that there's really no reason that a person should talk bad about whatever philosophical movement that they may have been a part of um when in reality i mean especially it's like i'm looking at people who you know maybe like played in straight edge bands and you know say negative things about the you know philosophical movement now and i'm just like dude but you were so passionate about this and like you don't need to throw stones like you can just be simply say like i'm not straight edge anymore that's fine but you don't need to talk crap about it so those are the two i guess negative feelings that i have towards people who you know quote unquote sell out or whatever it's like but other than that yeah as a vegan and the guy and and ray used to work at PETA full-time job even before he was full-time in podcasting and and his podcast job now is uh is it similar with vegan like it's it's not you're a good way to go some people would say is just eat less meat for instance like that's a a much better thing than say fuck veganism watch this i'm open a barbecue joint like same kind of thing like it like can you from a straight edge point of view or a vegan point of view just appreciate that joey eat one less cheeseburger a week Oh, or, for or sure. drink some beer, but still maintain your edge <laughs> mentality. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to do caffeine now or beer, but I'm not trying to pendulum swing or renounce the, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I, everything in moderation. I mean, the the beliefs and extremes. You don't um, believe you that know, about cocaine, right? No. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, but the, I mean, if a person is being responsible about what, like, I can't convince a person if I were to sit here and argue with them for an hour, but if I have a conversation, they see how I am as a person, they see, you know, leading through actions rather than, um, you know, trying to browbeat a person into believing a philosophy. Mm-hmm you're only going to come along once you start getting exposure to these things. Once you start to have a knowledge about certain things existing, like if you have gone through and like looked at animal rights and looking at, you know, vegetarianism and veganism and you're like, yo, it's not for me, but I've thought about it and I'm going to, you know, curb or change some behaviors. That's great. That's all that anybody can ask for. And so I think the, you know, the all or nothing approach, like, you know, even when I was working at PETA, that was definitely many discussions we had where it's like, you can't, it's not like you wake up one day and all of a sudden it's like, all right, cool. I'm not wearing any animal products. I'm not consuming any animal products. And like, I'm a vegan. It's like, 
that's a that's a slow road. Not everybody can do that, and so I think that's uh, you know, and that's why, frankly, movements exist now uh, because of the you know slow progress on these things, and it's not the you know overzealous nature of just being uh, being that thing or nothing, and you're a complete loser if you're not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Well, Ray, thank you. Ray's podcast is called A Hundred Words or Less, and thanks for talking with us a little bit this yeah. morning, Ray. My absolute pleasure. I like you guys' show, and it's fun to hang out with you uh, digitally. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.